Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, not alongside as always. He will be along shortly as we are very busy getting set for what will be a very fun week of curling as the Canadian Olympic Curling Trials and the European Curling Championship are both set to kick off this Saturday, November the 12th. Be a very fun week in the world of curling. And those who have listened for a while know that each year for the European Championship, we have a bad beer bet with our friends Jonathan and Ryan from Rocks Across the Pond. The first year, Scott and I lost the bet and had to drink something called like ice watermelon. It was really just horrendously awful. Uh, The second year, we won. So overall, the series is tied 1-1. to And this year, we thought with both the Canadian trials and the Euros going on at the same time, why not combine those two events for the bad beer bet? So that is exactly what we have done. All four of us. All four of us will go through the fields and make our picks. The losing podcast on total points will have to drink just terrible beer. And instead of doing it live on their show this year, this year we're going to do a year-end broomstack session live on Facebook. Now, to determine the losing side, we're using a points system where you get one point for picking the podium teams, one team for picking the relegated team, out of the Euro A's and one team for a promotion from the B side and on the trial side, we're just picking the final and you get a bonus point for picking the winner. So whoever gets the total number of points more than the other side will ultimately win the 2021 bad beer bets. So first up, Jonathan and Scott joined me to go through the fields and talk about who they liked heading into the week. And then later on, I was Fortunate enough to be joined by Ryan to go over our picks for who we expect to stand tall at the end of a very long week of curling. We have a lot of fun doing this every year. Hopefully you enjoy it as well. So let's get right into it. Starting off with myself, Jonathan and Scott. All right. And the great Jonathan Havercroft, the professor of Peel, joins us from across the pond. Jonathan, how are you doing today? That's a way better intro than I get from Ryan, I got to say. <laughs> well, you get, uh, what, what is he? He's, it's usually just like how he's depressed about Virginia Tech, and then he asks what's going on in England. That's pretty much how Yeah, then, right? then he insults me, and then we get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Jonathan, you have a, a closer connection to the European Championship than, uh, than I think any of us here in North America do. It, what's the is there any buzz about it this year? You know, we talk about the Olympics sort of taking over the quad. How how are we doing in Europe for the Euros here in the Olympic year? Honestly, things are still a bit of a mess here. I think just I think it's partly because like travel's still very tricky, and in Europe you need to normally cross borders the bond spiel. So a lot of teams haven't really played much of a competitive season apart from like 
the slam teams who are, you know, fully funded and able to, to go to Canada and play over there. So I'm looking at the B pool. Cause I'm, I like, I like the B pool and uh, there's a lot of teams. Like I know the, the team, but that's not normally the team that represents that country. So uh, I'm not quite sure what's happened, <laughs> but, but it's not a, it's not a, I mean, I guess, I guess it's just kind of a sign of like, we're still struggling to get out of the pandemic and maybe a lot of the, the more competitive teams either weren't in great form in their play downs and got knocked off or maybe just decided not to do it this year. I think a true sign of just how messed up it is, is that if you look at the Wikipedia page, uh, Wikipedia doesn't know who a lot of the B teams are. Uh, and yeah. not, not just that they don't have a profile, is that they literally just say skips third, second lead <laughs> alternate with no names next to them. <laughs> so, Jonathan, let's start on the, with the Euros. Let's start with the A side. Uh, and let's start with the women's because I think the women's is a little more straightforward. Uh, so the rules here uh, for the bad beer bet are that you pick the winner. The two other medalists, a team that's going to be relegated and the team that is going to be promoted uh, from the B side when we get to the B side. But let's do the A side first. Uh, so who you got winning? So the winner, I am going to go. I'm going to go wild here. Well, not that wild. I'm going to pick Alina Kovaleva to win. Okay. Why? because <laughs> I know you're going to pick Hasselberg and I'm going to like bet that Kovaleva pulls the upset. I mean, honestly, they've been kind of sniffing around the top of the Euros the last few years. And I kind of, you know, like in football, you talk about a trap game, like the Euros are kind of a trap event, I think, right. Where it's like not the big event that's on everyone's mind. Um, I, I, I kind of think that, the, the two powerhouses, Hasselberg and Tiranzoni, or have their minds on bigger things. They'll be using this event for sure. I don't think they're going to tank, but uh, Kovaleva, I think, might might be using it a bit, might have a bit more of a, something to put prove here, having not won it before. I think that's fair. I, I think, too, with the uh, the two of them, you're, you're right, that they're not necessarily playing hard. The, the other team, though, that potentially could come up and bite you, I wonder if Eve Muirhead is using this as like a proving ground for her to try to uh, demonstrate that she's back and sort of send a message before the Olympics. I wonder if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I actually expect them to have a pretty good week. They've, they've had a good tour season, but they haven't been playing in slam events and also they've been shuffling the lineup. So I'm still a little skeptical that that works. Uh, we'll see. But, you know, changing your lineup that much in an Olympic run is a bit tricky. And again, they're they're targeting the Olympic qualification event. So. All right. So you got uh, you got the are they allowed to be Russia in this? Are they Russia again or no? On this, they're Russia. OK, good. So Aren't Russia's they? back. <laughs> uh, congratulations to Russia. Yeah, they are listed as Russia. Just regular. Yeah, Russia. here the rest is Russia. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations to uh, to that. So, who who else you have? Uh, who are your other two podium teams? I I still think it'll be. So I will still pick Tiranzoni and Hasselberg as the other two. Really going out on a ledge there. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't anticipate anything crazy like them like missing playoffs or stuff like that. I just I you know I think they're they're tuning up for a bigger a bigger prize. I think. Right. The more interesting side, though, who's going down? Who's who's bad in this uh, in this pool or in this in this A side and will not be there next year? 
Well, okay, I am going to go Estonia. I think you know they're they're a team that kind of bounces between A and B, and but but on the list on the WCF site, Mary Turman's not listed probably because she's focusing on mixed double qualification. And so Lisa Turman, who I assume is her sister, is the skip. So I think that you're, you're kind of missing your strongest player from your lineup. That uh, That's going to make it tough, I think. I mean, Marie Turman, I mean, they won a game at the Worlds last year. So, I mean, she's good. But yeah, yeah. If, she's not, if she's not there, it's going to be a tough sledding potentially for Estonia. Now, if one team is going down, we're picking one team to go down, Jonathan. That means somebody is going to be coming up from the B side. So, again, in the past, you've had a real advantage here on the B side of the, the Euros <laughs> for knowing some of these teams. But now if you don't know any of these teams, maybe it gets a little tougher. But uh, who are you liking on the B side? All right. I will say I do not recognize Austria, <laughs> Finland, <laughs> Lithuania. I know the Hungarian team, but it's not their kind of A team. It's not the team that normally represents them, I'd say. Okay. Slovakia or Slovenia. So I don't recognize any of those teams. Uh, I so I think really, you're th- I'll, I'll just say, I think your three contenders for, or maybe four contenders would be probably Norway, Spain, England, and Latvia, who are all kind of veteran teams. To my knowledge, the English team hasn't really played much, and it was kind of a reassembled team because like a lineup changed from pre-pandemic, but it was the team that won right before lockdown. So I, I, I don't know the preparations of others, so I'm going simply off Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and the Latvian women's team has been posting a lot of stuff about their bond spewing and saying they're winning a lot. So I'm going to pick just off Instagram – which is, you know, infallible, obviously. I'll pick uh, Latvia, Evelina Barone's team. Okay. Uh, I, I like the rationale there. Uh, very solid. <laughs> um, Scott, what do you got here on the uh, women's A and B side? Well, Sean, uh, you know, it's not that different. I'm going to pick Tiranzoni to win. Sweden in second, Russia in third. So it's the same podium, just shuffled around a bit as Jonathan. Uh, going down to B... You know, it hurts my heart to say it, but uh, Madalena Dupont, they've just, uh, I think they're done. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, not, not, uh, yeah, not going to have a good week in my estimation. Let me, let me just look at the other teams that are there. I, I think Jonathan's right, like uh, with Estonia not being that experienced, but, you know, I, I don't want to go same. And uh, the Turkish team, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing them play in a full event. Uh, came up from the B last year. So, you know, they're, they're skilled. Okay. And then going down or, or going up to from the B pool, I had Latvia as one of the, the teams I was looking at. But because Jonathan picked it, I'm going to go with Espana Ooh. and take uh, Spain to come up from the B event. All right. Arantzu Garcia picking them to, uh, to make the, the jump. All right, let's shift over then to the men's side. Uh, again, a lot of the top teams are going to be here, but there are also going to be some names that are new that we do not recognize. So, Jonathan, is this just going to be a total run-through for the big four here? Yeah, I think so. I, I'd like to say something more interesting, but there's pretty clear <laughs> separation here, especially if you go look at the Ken Palm rankings. It's like 20, 30 spots between the top four and the the others so and i'm going to be very boring 
and pick Bruce Mowat just because this is he's been destroying everyone everywhere, and this is an yeah. easier field. So I think that team's just on fire. So that's my pick to win it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to pick against a team that hasn't really lost in the past two months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, and your other two playoff teams. This is where it might get a little interesting. Ooh, I all right. I will go a little on a little. I don't think it's that much on a limb, but I will pick Italy to bronze, and wow. then I'm going to pick Switzerland to silver. Okay. Dean's looked a little shaky early part of the season, I'd say. Yeah, you and Ryan talked about that, I think, in your most recent episode. And uh, was it Ryan who just said that we've learned to just trust Nicodine and in the big events he'll be there? I, I, think, I mean, that's my, my thing. But again, I think it's this – I don't think they think the Euros is being a big event this year. Okay. Right? They'll, they'll go there. They'll qualify for Worlds. But the only thing Nicodine cares about this year is winning a gold in, the, sure. in the Olympics. Right? That's yeah. the one thing he doesn't have. Yep. Uh, so, uh, I, I, that's kind of my rationale. It's always hard to read to someone's mind, but, um, you know, and, and to be honest, Rentornas and Italy have had a pretty good run. They were, mm-hmm. they did, they beat Adine and, um, in that kind of British curling event back in the early part of the season, they've, they've been posting some good results. So I think they, they're kind of, I wouldn't say they're like, a, like the favorite to win by any stretch, but I think they'll be dangerous here. All right, and uh, for the relegation, we're going to have to go a little further up in the uh, alphabet, I assume. Uh, <laughs> we're picking there. Uh, so, uh, so who you got to go down? I think Finland. I got to go Finland. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> just because again, it's not their normal team, and so it's it's kind of a different lineup. And again, it's a very deep field, yep. so. Mm-hmm not really much space for them to kind of grab. I I think they'll struggle to win a game. It's just kind of looking at the matchups here. Right. Well, the the game that would be that they would be probably circling, I would assume is Czech Republic because I don't recognize that team at all either. Yeah, Czech Republic, me Germany and oh, I think Germany's kind of a slightly higher standard would be the other one. Right. And maybe mm-hmm. then the Netherlands. Those are probably the four battling for against relegation, but yeah. Of those four, I think Finland's way, and Denmark, obviously, but of, of those, uh, Finland's the way least experienced. For sure. Yeah, and you can never bet against Jaap and Dorp and Wouter. Come on. They're, they're so good. No, I think they'll, I, I don't think they're going to go down. I wouldn't bet no. on them to go down, but no. uh, mm-hmm. I'm not betting on them to medal either. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. And uh, over on the B side, there are some countries who we've seen at not only the, the A side, but world championships before who are going to be represented here on the B side. So who do you like to be promoted? It's actually pretty even except for one team. <laughs> so <laughs> Russia, and we can call them Russia, is down in the B pool. Yeah. Sergei Glukov last year kind of did really well the Worlds and the A's. So he's got, it's just like, it's, you know, cat in, among, in the hen house. or what, What's the, I'm mixing my metaphors here. Like fox in the hen fox house. The hen fox house. in the hen house, right? So I, I think it's pretty easy pickings for him here. So I'd be surprised if anyone other than Russia won the B pool. So, Scott, uh, where do you disagree, if anywhere, with uh, the Professor Appeal here? So, uh, we'll start with uh, the B pool. I think that's free points for us. So, Sean, between you and Ryan, maybe pick other teams other than Russia to come up from the B pool because there will be two teams coming up. That That is kind of like a, just a free point, uh, like you said, Jonathan. As for the A pool, uh, give me uh, Switzerland to win just to be different. 
uh, Sweden and Scotland on the podium there. So I, I love Italy. I've been a big proponent of them for a few years, picking them a lot, and it hasn't always worked. So good luck, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the team I picked to go down, you know, I said Madalena Dupont on the women's side. Uh, give me Denmark on the men's oh side, too. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm you never are, welcome. You can't be invited to a Bonspiel in Copenhagen anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. I am not welcome to set foot in Copenhagen for a while, I'm sure. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what I got. All right. Uh, all right. Let's shift our attention then to Saskatoon. And again, let's start on the women's side where I think things might be a little more clear than on the men's side. But, Jonathan, you might uh, disagree with me. So what, what are your thoughts on the Canadian Olympic trials on the women's side? I think it's pretty clear as to who we should expect standing uh, in the final or playing in the final. But uh, do you think it's as clear cut as I do? Well, I, okay. I see you're, are you from the Ryan school where it's going to be Einerson Homan? Cause that's, I think the favorite favorites, unless something, I, unless something happens in a semifinal, like, unless like, like, you know, I think, I think those are two of the three playoff spots are accounted for. Yeah, I agree with that. I actually think Flory's had a really good season too. So I actually think though it's those three teams and then the field is, is my picks for the playoffs. Are we doing all, are we doing three picks or just two? No, just a uh, winner and finalist. Oh, it's a bit tricky. All yeah. right. I will pick I'll pick Homan to win. Okay. Back to back. Back to back. And Flurry in the final, I think. Okay. Uh Scott, what do you think? I was uh right on board with you there, thinking Homan, Anderson, and Flurry are sort of the three to watch. Krista McCarville, you know we love them. They'll put up a good fight. I don't know if they have enough to make top three. But you got Jennifer Jones there, and this is her last kick at the can, we assume. But I don't think it'll be enough. Uh, give me Anderson to win uh, and, and Flurry as the finalist as well. Oh, all right. All right. So, all right. So there you have it on the women's side. Men's side, I think a little more congested. But Jonathan, how do you how do you assess the field going into the week? Oh, so if only – okay. If I, I mean, I think it's Gushu Kui – and then, I mean, I think there's like a, what I would call the, I call it the A tier. And then it's like your Botchers, your Dunstones, that kind of tier. Maybe Jacobs. Okay. You don't um, think Botchers separated himself from the rest of the fields to be with those top three? Or to be with the other two? Uh, I'm like, I don't think he's, I mean, to be honest, I'm like, I, I think the trial is a different thing. This trials reminds me a lot. The, on the men's side, reminds me a lot of 2010, when in the previous like five six years it was um, Martin and Howard, and then everybody else. And so I think this basic quads lined up for Kui, Kui Gushu. Okay, I mean Botcher has yes. been in four straight finals of the Briar. Like, yes, you know, whereas whereas you know that I, I where, where I would sort of lose you in the the comparison to the going into twenty in the two thousand nine trials for the twenty ten Olympics was that it was Martin Howard and everybody else. And then maybe you had in there Stoughton, but it was clear that he was third all the time. Whereas Blotcher's yeah. at least been getting to finals and been a little more disruptive than I think Stoughton or anyone else was in that previous quad. Yeah. Although, I, I, I mean, I, I know they won the Briar. It was a Briar with no fans. And <laughs> this will be a, an Olympic trials final with, I don't know what it's going to be 10, 15,000 people in there. Yeah, I think. And Kui and Gushu have both done it. 
and they're both in good form. And so that's why I put them above, above Botcher. Like, like I'd say like Dunstone, Botcher, Jacobs are probably the next tier. So like if any of those ended up winning, I wouldn't be shocked. Right. If Gunner wins the whole thing, I would be shocked, but <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, you know, all he's got to do is score one, give up one, score one, give up one, score one. He wins the game. It's yeah. easy. His math yeah. is very easy. Uh, so can we assume then that your final is going to be Kui against Gushu? Yes, it'll be Kui Gushu in the final. All right. And who who's, who's putting on the jackets in the most ridiculous, I think the most ridiculous post-game ceremony that we have in this country is when they give them the jackets. And they're like, put on the jacket. You've won. Congrats. Like, I find that so weird. Yeah. <laughs> who's putting on the who's, Who's putting on the jacket while Vic gets ready to do the the essay? I think it's going to be Brad Gushu. 15 years later, he's going back. Double gold medal, and then maybe he hangs it up. I don't know. Okay. Goes on the, TV. Gets a TV gig. Yeah, he'd be the first one on the men's side, right, to win two two golds if he does it? Well, I mean, it, it depends if you count Johnny Moe's gold, which I do. So Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Fair. Yeah. Uh, first <laughs> to win. Double gold in the four-person discipline on the men's side. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think that, I think he wants, I mean, for him, then he could make a claim to being the greatest male curler of all time. It kind of puts him in the, yeah. the Kmart conversation, right? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally a Pantheon win if, if that is the case. So, uh, Scott, are you good with that on the men's side? Yeah, Sean. Uh, I, I, di- I would disagree that it's, Kui Gushu and no one else because like you said Botcher four straight finals that said I'm not going to pick him Sean Brad Gushu I wrote it down before the we started today Brad Gushu is going to win in a devastating loss for hometown team Matty Dunstone in the final they're gonna you're gonna see tears but not of joy on the ice (laughs) listen I'm I hope I'm wrong. I'll say that. I hope I'm wrong. I think they are a strong team ready to, you know, put on a show. Mm-hmm. The crowd's going to be behind them hundred percent. And I think it's, it's almost their time to step into that big stage. So give me Matt Dunstone. All right. So, well, there you have it. So, uh, so Jonathan, any, any words of wisdom you want to leave us with as we, uh, as we enter into the the week and, are there any any sort of concerns you have about what we might be able to do uh, to you with the bad beer bet? No, because you don't really know what beer is in England. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Jonathan, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, good luck, but not too much good luck on your picks this week, and we'll look forward to uh, getting together for a, a broomstack afterwards to settle up on the bet. Yeah, sounds good. All right. We are back. Myself, Ryan are here. Ryan, before we get into curling, I'll give you the floor for 30 seconds if you want to uh, dance on the grave of the dearly departed Virginia Tech coach. You know, no, it's just I'm not going to dance on any graves. I, I think I, I just spent, what, 20 minutes t- talking about this uh, with you before we started. But no, I'm I'm in the good bourbon tonight. And it's, um, you know, it, it's it's a mixture of all things. I'm going through the whole change curve. Um, it's mostly happiness. There's a little bit of sadness, not too much because he's getting $10 million, whatever. But just a little bit of sadness that, you know, things didn't work out and our program is cratered. Uh, that's mostly where that sadness is coming from. But it's mostly hope, uh, mostly hope for, for the future of, of Virginia Tech football today was 
it was a good day. Um, and hopefully there's, hopefully it's not the, hopefully it's not the apex though. Hopefully there's better days to come still. Yes, that would be, that would be swell. And I was going to say something about you being happy about this guy who now has to go home and look his family in the eye about why he's not going to work anymore. And then the difficult conversations. And then I read that he was getting $10 million to do so. And I don't feel bad for him. I have to say. No, I mean, it's, uh, it stinks because the pro because the because the team's bad. Like that's the bad part of it. But yeah, he's yeah. getting ten million dollars to go away. So yeah. it'll be he'll and he'll he'll get another job. It'll 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 be fine. He'll be fine. The people who I would feel bad for, like the maybe associate coaches or if there's oh, yeah. like grad assistants, like those people who don't make a lot, who might not get retained and all this. That's yeah. Those are the ones you feel bad for. Yeah. The yeah, ones that have to do the, the ones that have to do the grunt work and yeah. uh, don't get ten million dollars. Those are the ones I feel sad for. But uh, they're they're thankfully that the, thankful that those those guys are sticking around for the rest of the season. The funny thing here, Sean, is we could still win our division. <laughs> really? Yeah, we got to win our last two, and UVA has to beat Pitt. And if those things happen, we win the division. Now, wow. none of those three things are going to happen. We're going to lose <laughs> both of our last two games, and Pitt is going to beat UVA. But if those three, and it, what's funny is it's not like this crazy scenario where fourteen games have to go a certain way. No, it's right. three. We win wow. both of ours. UVA beats Pitt, beats Pitt, and we would win our division. Jeez. So I mean, so he could really still be a division champion coach. Well, he's gone. He's not going to be coach. Uh, they have an interim, but the interim coach, yes, could uh, could lead the team to even the conference title. Because <laughs> the because the the winner's going to play Wake Forest in the in the ACC right. championship game. Wow! You and could what, have what bowl do they get they, automatically? Then what is uh, the, the, orange, the, the orange, orange bowl? the orange bowl. You could have hey, you could have uh, Virginia Tech's interim head coach. Uh, coaching against Virginia Tech's next head coach in the ACC championship game. I'll hey, let y'all ruminate on that. Yeah, there you go. Um, so uh, so a big day for you and a big week, of course, of curling here. Uh, the U.S. Yeah, national I'm, champion. I'm currently or, watching it. Yeah, so what's going on uh, there? Is, I'm assuming it's in Omaha? Yeah, it's in it's in Omaha, and they, those the fine folks at Exarban Curling Club in Omaha always do a great job of hosting. It's one of the main reasons that they've gone back to Omaha for this is is how well Omaha did hosting it the first time around. Uh, great folks there, and uh, hopefully, you know, I, I've seen the crowds kind of building throughout the week. So hopefully, we'll get even bigger crowds uh, on the weekend. They're playing at a very nice facility. It's the home of the Nebraska Omaha Mavericks NCAA hockey team. Uh, it's a very, it's a relatively new arena. The interesting thing is you've got Jamie Sinclair's team started one and three. They're currently three and three and crawling, clawing their way back into possibly into that final series. The top two teams after the double round robin will play a best of three. Right. Um, and you've got you, the Sinclair teams kind of clawing their way back and they're uh, if they get a win tonight to get to four and three, uh, look out. Yeah, I, I was surprising to see that earlier in the week. Uh, another thing that I've been surprised by is the complaints of all of our American friends as to how to watch this thing. Uh, a lot of people complain about having to sign in every time and it not being the most user-friendly experience to try Bless to watch me. these games. That's me. Uh, on mobile, it's actually very user-friendly. It's just I on TV, I have a Roku and... The Roku makes me log out and log back in every time for some reason. I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's a problem with uh, whatever software developer made NBC Sports's app for the Roku. But on mobile, it's been great. 
Okay, good, good. So uh, we will keep tabs on that and uh, very excited for that. Uh, but another big Olympic trials gets started on Saturday. So Ryan, let's start with our picks for the okay. Canadian Olympic curling trials. I have mine written down. Okay. Uh, just so that uh, just so there's no accusations of impropriety in our bad beer bets, uh, we don't want any uh, any sort of uh, crying afterwards that things were illegitimate. Uh, this is very legitimate. Uh, I'll fix. <laughs> uh, done up front. Uh, so let's start uh, on the women's side. And uh, what what are you feeling for the the week? My sense is that if it's not an Anderson home and final. Uh, will be a little surprised, and I think the majority of fans would be surprised. That's kind of my, how I assess the women's side. But but where do you where where do you sit on the women's field right now? I'm I'm the same way. I think the field is deeper on the women's side in Canada than it has been the last few years, I believe. However, I think those two teams, Team Homan and Team Anderson, um, I've used this term on our podcast. I think those two teams are just stardust right now. You have several very, very good teams right below them. Uh, I think those two, just what they've done the last few years has, has been incredible. And I don't think, I don't think any of the other teams have quite caught them yet. Um, so my pick on the women's side is for team Homan to return to the Olympics, defeating team Anderson in the final. And, um, just to kind of leave the door open because it's a little bit boring and that's a little bit of a chalky, <laughs> chalky pick. I will say the most interesting team in the field to me is Team Flurry okay. because there aren't a lot of teams in this field that have worn the Maple Leaf at a major event, and that includes uh, Team Flurry. Although they were, I believe they were Team Canada at a Curling World Cup event. Um, however, they've never won. You know, they've never won a Scotties. I think they've been there four times and been to the playoffs once where they lost a page three, four game, but they just keep winning. Yeah. And, and will that continue on into probably the most pressure packed tournament in the world? <laughs> yeah. The Canadian Olympic trials. Yeah, it, it's a really good question. I, and I don't know uh, if they will. I mean, they, they did pretty well last year at the Scotties without Tracy Fleury herself being there they've done obviously really well at the slams i'm i there's just something there that uh, i'm not as convinced about and i don't know what it is uh but and i agree with you on on anderson and holman uh being the the top two but as you know that when we look at the history of canadian olympic curling trials there are some curious teams that get into finals mm -hmm. the teams that you don't expect and it happens every year so on both the men's and the women's side i am going to use that as my guide and i am picking anerson to beat krista mccarville in the final okay. because i think krista mccarville is really good what they did in the pre-trials those big comebacks I, I like that. I just like this team. My fear, though, is that it's you know short week. They always kind of struggle early on in these arena events. And I honestly think I was, I was talking to someone earlier. I actually think this is their year to win the Scotties, uh, like, yeah. like an Olympic year. Scott, that feels right for them to get a Scotties. But I think they make a good run here, and I'm going to go with them as the finalists. And isn't the Scotties in Northern Ontario this year? It is. It is in Thunder Bay. So they will be the home side, assuming, of course, that they win. Unless they win this, right? Yeah. And then they won't be there. Yeah. Uh, and of course, they do have to win the provincials, which isn't a guarantee. Yep. Uh, but of course, it'd be very disappointing if they don't win it. 
Yeah, I think that'd be wonderful. I'd love to see that team in in the in the trials final. Yeah, I think that'd be uh, certainly a lot of fun. So over on the men's side, Ryan, I'll go first again just to make sure that we're don't have any accusations of impropriety here. <laughs> I uh, uh, the way I look at this field is that you have. I, I think it's the big three. We talked with Jonathan earlier. He thinks it's more of a big two of Kui and uh, Gushu. I put Botcher into that group. Uh, as the big three. And I think a lot of people coming into the week might look at those three as your playoff teams. And then you probably have Jacobs, Dunstone, uh, McEwen as sort of that next tier of teams that could certainly get into the playoffs. And then teams like Tanner Horgan, you kind of just see what happens with them. And then John Epping can, John Epping can go, John Epping can go undefeated this week or could not win a game this week. And I wouldn't be surprised, I think, either way. But uh, looking <laughs> at it all, I'm going to go. So someone said to me earlier today, they thought that the best case scenario for Canada at the Olympics might be Brad Gushu as somebody who is, is you, you have you really kind of know what to expect out of Brad yep. Gushu. And I'm going to go with that. And I'm going to pick Brad Gushu to win. And I'm going to pick him to beat Matt Dunstone in the final. Oh, wow. I really liked what I saw out of Matt Dunstone's team in the briar especially in the playoffs there even though they lost that game so uh, i'm going to stick with what i said immediately after the briar semifinal and put them into the final so i said this i already i already said who i thought was going to win on um this this tournament on our show so i will not deviate from that i am picking brendan botcher uh, however i will have him beating kevin cooey in the final okay all alberta all Alberta. That's yeah. right. Yeah, a re- rematch of the of the Briar final. I think, man, this is this is a deep field, and yeah. I think the most interesting team is the Dunstone team because it this is unlike anything that they've been a part of so far. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and they're at home too, uh, so that's another factor. That the the crowd. I mean, they're not going to be Saskatchewan. I, I'm curious to see if they'll be wearing if they were able to pick the green jerseys, but. You know the the Saskatchewan fans are going to be all in on Matt Dunstone and oh, his yeah. team as the only Saskatchewan team in the field, men's and women's. So, uh, so they'll certainly have the crowd behind them more so than anybody else. Here's a here's a question for you as a Canadian. Sure. Knowing that you know the last Olympics, you did did not win any medals on the men's or women's side. You did. Uh, bring home the gold in mixed doubles but are there t- are there any teams outside of the teams that you just going into it say that they don't have a very good chance of winning are there any teams that you don't want to see with the maple leaf for fear that uh the, pr- the pressure of representing canada at the olympics might be too much for them hmm. it's a good question and so i'll say this that my life is fine if Canada wins or if Canada doesn't win. Like my life really isn't going to change appreciably either way. And the way I tend to look at Scotties and Briars is who do I want to watch for an extra week at a world championship? Mm. That's kind of where my rooting interest lies. So if I don't like watching a team on TV, even if they're really, really good, I don't necessarily, and they're, and they're probably going to win a world championship. I'm not as enthused about seeing them. Uh, now, so I, so I'll think of it more in like who on, who, who would like Twitter really get mad at uh, if they went and struggled. And I think it would be anybody. It'd be uh, all of them. It'd be all of them if they struggled. But I think in particular, uh, if you had a team, like, uh, I think if you had Epping go and and they struggled, I, I think that could get pretty ugly pretty quick. If I'm being honest, 
Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't yeah, want to see that. I agree with you. Um, and I would, I, I would almost, I would almost fear for Tanner Horgan's future in the sport if he went and shot yeah. holes. Um, like, it's, like I, I, I wouldn't want that for them. So in that perspective, uh, I, that's where my concern would be. If we're talking about like of teams that we think could win, who I'm not sure how they would stack up in a, in a world field at the Olympics in what is going to be a very experienced Olympic field on the men's side. I, I would legit wonder how Dunstone and the team would do. Yeah, I agree. In that case, you know, so I, I just, you know, you like to have a world championship under your belt. I think going before you go to an Olympics, and that's why I think Botcher getting that experience in the spring would be was really mm-hmm. good for them in case they go. So, so that's sort of where I would land on it on the men's side. On the women's side, I mean, if anybody else gets through other than uh, Holman and uh, and uh, and Anderson, that would be kind of amazing, frankly, right? That that they were able to do it. Uh, Jones, I mean, come on, just has an Olympic gold medal. <laughs> Sure, but she's not. I love Jennifer Jones. I pick her all the time, but she's not Jennifer Jones anymore, right? She's she's not as good as she was. And going into the 2017 trials, leading into that, it was Jones home. We were all just waiting for the Jones home and final, mm-hmm. which never materialized. And I think that's since then she hasn't quite gotten to the same heights uh, as before. And now those were the best. Like she was the best player in the world. So it's not really a criticism, but. I really, I, I just think that I, I think Canadian fans will be really nervous if it's anybody other than the top two. And uh, just real quick, going off of your metric of who would I who would I want to see playing, yeah. um, just off of that, regardless of how I think they would do uh, representing Canada, uh, I would go with Gunner and Laura Walker. Those would be the two teams that, if you just let yeah. me pick, just so I could see them play for another couple weeks, uh, those would be the two. Those would be the two that I pick. Yeah, Laura Wire, that team is a lot of fun. Kate Cameron's great. I love that team. Yeah, it, it is really fun. And I think that's part of why I pick Krista McCarvel, too. I like watching them on TV. Yep. Yeah. All right, uh, so let's shift our attention over to Europe and right. the European Championship. So here we are picking the podium teams and then the team that is relegated uh, and then a team coming up from the B side. So... Ryan, who do you like here on the women's side? Uh, it's going to be pretty chalky, man. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, I like uh, Hasselberg for the gold, uh, Tiranzoni for the silver, and Kovaleva for the bronze. Okay, so... I will uh, say, and I will say, I'll give you another interesting teams. Um, the most interesting team, obviously, is going to be Scotland. How, they, how do they do with this lineup that has been kind of brought together after mixing up the lineup so much, uh, seeing what kind of effect that has on Eve, who looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. But then what what do the team dynamics look like for them? And then I, I also kind of doubt that this is the exact lineup that they wind up sending to the Netherlands. So we'll we'll see what we'll see about that. But as, as far as like the most interesting team to me, uh, it'd be them and then uh, watch out for Denmark. Like the, all they do is show up at all Madalena DuPont does is show up at events like this and uh, and upset teams. That that's interesting, given that Scott has picked them to uh, be <laughs> relegated no. uh, earlier. So, well, I, I'll just do my uh, podium picks real quick uh, because it builds off what you said. I I like the idea of Eve Muirhead in FU mode uh, and Eve Muirhead mm-hmm. to trying to uh, really fun. prove something. It's yeah. really fun to watch when it happens. Yeah, so I'm picking her to win 
so I, I'm right. picking uh, Eve Muirhead beating Anna Hasselberg in the final, and I'm going Kovaleva in the bronze medal position as well. So we talked about the teams we think are good. Who's no good in going down to the B-side? I hate to say it because uh, I, I like the people that are there, but it's Estonia, and it's Marie Termon is not there. Um, yep. She uh, Actually, she's now Marie Kaldvi. Uh, she is focusing on mixed doubles with Harry Lill preparing for the Olympic qualification event in early December. So she will not be there. Her sister, Lisa is skipping Estonia. Uh, and for that reason, I am picking Estonia to head back to the B. All right. Uh, and, and I get that. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Like we've seen Marie play really well, uh, make some great shots, uh, there at the world championship last spring, but, I'm going to go with the rest of the team to get at least one victory that really matters. And I'm going to say that that victory is over Turkey and I'm picking Turkey to go down and be relegated to well, the I think two teams. I think two teams get relegated. Oh, even better. Doubles my chances. <laughs> That's right. <You> know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so there we have it on the A side. Who do you like uh, a team coming out of the B side? I like Latvia. Uh, this is a, it's a very, this is kind of, they're a very young team, um, but they've shown a lot of promise as a very young team. I think the other, the other, the other top team is Norway with Marion Rorvik skipping in Kristen Skaslian, um, throwing fourth stones. Those are probably the best two teams there. Uh, watch out for Lithuania with Virginia Palenskieta and, um, and watch out for Spain. Um, they've, they've been an improving team on the women's side, um, but I will, take, I will take Latvia as my team that goes to the A. All right. So it's like you were looking at my notes because I have uh, Latvia as well. Uh, Evelina Barone. But yeah, they're yeah very very young team, but won yep. the the Latvian champion. I believe they they won juniors and won the regular <laughs> Latvian championship. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's I'm seeing four time national champion. I uh, played in the 2019 Worlds when Latvia was there as the lead uh, for Embeda mm-hmm. Staza Cerrone. So yep. some experience uh, at the highest level. Yep. So I, I do like that side of it for them. So let's move on, Ryan, to the men's side here of the European Championship. Again, let's start with the A side. <laughs> uh, again, uh, I, I think this could potentially be chalky. Mine's kind of chalky, but what do you like? Mine's mine's extremely chalky, uh, <laughs> just because I think I, I think there's a gap there between yeah. the top three and the rest. Now that gap is a little less than maybe it was two years ago, but I still think that the top three teams are the teams I'm picking. Give me gold for Nicholas Adine. Uh, silver for Peter DeGruz and bronze for Bruce Mowat. Okay. Uh, I almost have, I've actually have that same, those same three different order. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Peter DeGruz to win over Bruce Mowat and then uh, yeah. Nicodine in third. I'd say watch out for Joel uh, Retornas yeah. in Team Italy. They've been so close to meddling at this event and they just keep improving. Like you talk to those guys and they've got, uh, the guys behind Joel are now, uh, kind of they're, they're in the military, but it's kind of like they're, they're full time athletes basically sponsored by the military as I think is how it kind of works. They're almost like 
Soviet Union hockey players almost. Okay. Uh, but although I think they do have to do like a little bit more military service than maybe some of those uh, Soviet hockey players had to do. <laughs> but you've got the point where you have a team that's all that is now you know, full time curlers and that's why they keep getting better and better and so they're a team to look out for and then to me the most interesting team is Stefan Wallstad in Norway because it's I mean it's like I mean what are you are you are you just another team in Europe or are you one of the one of the top teams in Europe and they've kind of gone with Stefan Wallstad as the main guy in Norway, they've kind of waffled back and forth between being on the verge of being one of those top teams and then just playing like just another team in Europe. So it, right. this is kind of one of those tournaments where it's like, you know, what are you? And then we're definitely going to find out uh, find out the answer to that question at the Olympic qualifier. Yeah. And remember in, in the spring, too, we all got excited when they had that great start at the Worlds, mm-hmm. but they had played all the teams that yes. we expected at the bottom <laughs> of the table and they played all the good teams and lost all those games. So yeah, this is kind of a, a bit of a litmus test for them. And I, I agree. Those are probably the other two teams that are looking at playoff spots. Uh, and you know, I, I just like yeah, Van Dorp and Wooter and I root yeah. for them. Uh, so it'd be fun if I they do, made a playoffs, but I, I, I do too, yeah. but it's, if it hasn't happened by now, I'm not sure it's going to happen for those yeah. guys. All right. So who is it really not going to happen for this week and uh, who, who's going to be relegated? Down? Oh, who's getting relegated? Um, uh, the Finns. Okay, such such depths for Finnish curling. Yeah, you in U 15s back, man. He was playing uh, mixed doubles in a tournament yeah. not too long ago. It's like, man, <laughs> he's still at it. Hey, why not? You know, that's true. You get a medal, you dine out on it. Uh, so you're going with Finland. I'm going with the Czechs uh, and their their team to be relegated down to the B side. So Ryan, last pick here. From the B side. Now, I, I didn't tell you this before we started to record, but earlier today, both Jonathan and Scott picked Russia to be promoted in the easiest pick ever to be made on either of our podcasts. This uh, is my stunned face. Yeah. So uh, it was decreed at the time that neither of us were allowed to pick Russia oh. to be promoted. Oh. Uh, and I'm throwing this at you live. Okay. Uh, so I will tell you that I am going to pick. Uh, Slovakia to okay. get the other promotion spot. Pavel Pitanak. This is his 11th time at some version of a European championship. And I'm just betting on that experience to be worth something and for Slovakia oh, to move up to the A side. So uh, what, do, what do you like other than Russia? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go. This is definitely going to be a heart pick and not a, not a head pick. Um, but finally, Breaking through and getting to the A pool, Sergio Vez in Spain. Okay, the Spanish side. They've been so close yeah. so many times and just haven't gotten there. All right. I, uh, yeah, kind of like crazy. It. You have uh, someone who finished fourth at last year's Worlds uh, playing in the B pool. It's cra- it is weird. <laughs> Euros are weird. Well, it's mind blowing. Well, I mean, a lot of that has to do with changes that have been made since the last time that there was a Euros right. and for the for the Russian Curling Federation. Yes, that, that is true. And I, I don't know, do we know, are they going to go to the, assuming they get through, are they going to go to the world qualifier or are they just going to like do Olympic stuff? Um, do man, that's idea? a good question. So the, the Federation would have a spot at the world qualifier. So they could... Yeah in theory, send a second team should 
uh, Glukov win the B. So my, my guess is that's what they would do. There's no way that they would, there's no way that the Russian curling Federation would give up a shot at going back to worlds. They would, right. uh, they would, they would send somebody if not, if not the Glukov team, although they might send the Glukov team. It'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting decision to make, right? Like what you probably consult with the team. What do they want to do? Schedule wise, yeah. what works? So, uh, yeah, it'd be do an interesting you, dynamic. Yeah. Although it's, Hey, it's not, I mean, you look at where that tournament is being held in Finland in relation to Russia. It's really not that far of a trip. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Get there pretty easily. So, but Hey, they got to get out of the B side first. Yeah. The mountain that is the B side. So, uh, there's some, there's some solid teams here. Spain with Sergio Vez, um, Latvia, Martin Struksons, um, but no one that, no one that's done anything compared that compares to what this team did at worlds last year, albeit in a COVID bubble. But, um, yes, on paper, uh, by far and away, the, uh, the best team in the B. Turkey's getting up there too. Turk, uh, the Turkish Federation's been investing in um, more quality coaching, um, and that's why you've seen the men's team s- start to get up to the level of where the women's team has been, um, and that they've been they've been fairly successful recently as well because of the investment that that federation has made. Um, but yeah, Russia should absolutely get out of the Bs. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun to watch and, and keep track of uh, how it all goes. We got the picks now. And Ryan, we our concern, Scott and my concern here of the bad beer bet is uh, we've been strategizing really for a, a while here on what exactly we can make you do that would actually be a punishment to you uh, in a bad beer scenario. And we have some ideas. Jonathan actually okay. gave us some tips earlier, but uh, okay. we're, we're, we're hopeful that we win. And then hopeful that what we choose is actually going to be viewed as some sort of a punishment for you. How confident are you that whatever we pick, you'll be fine with? I'll tell, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you the cheat code. Um, <laughs> basically, for me, it would be an IPA with like just an unbelievable amount of IBUs. Like that would be like to me, that's like licking a car hood in, in August. Um <laughs> So there's there I'm I'm cheating and letting you know what would actually be considered bad to me is just find right. something with a huge number of IBUs, um, but I've got uh, I still have two toasted marshmallow Bud Light <laughs> seltzers with with the Graham boys names on them uh, ready to ship those up to Canada right. for. <laughs> if oh man if if I have to drink oh man that might be the end that might be just the end of the show. Just... This thing's going to be one on the margins too because the the picks sound very. Very yeah, similar. So it may come similar. it may come down to whether Spain makes it or not. It may come yeah. down to does Spain or Slovakia get promoted yeah. um as to, to decide this whole thing. Yes. As to whether or not I have to drink a toasted marshmallow, Bud Light Seltzer really relies on Spain not making it through. Yeah. Uh, it's bad. It's, it's you know it's bad if I say it's bad. Yeah. That makes you question all your life decisions that got you to this point, uh, having that be the case. But it'll be fun to watch regardless. Uh, Ryan, this was fun. Uh, good luck, but not too much good luck in the bet. And uh, we will look forward to doing a, a broomstack in December to settle the bet. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, this was a blast. Let's do it again. So there you have it. 
all of our picks for the 2021 Bad Beer Bet with our buddies from Rocks Across the Pond. And my thanks to Jonathan Havercroft and Ryan McGee. And, of course, do check out Rocks Across the Pond wherever you get your podcast and on social media at Curling Podcast. They do a great job over there, so it's always fun when we get a chance to chat with them. And if you want to keep tabs on the bets, I will be updating the blog over at GameofStonesPod.com throughout the course of the week, giving a sense of where things stand as we move forward and see who has to ultimately drink the bad beer. And if you're in Canada and you're wondering if you can watch the Euros at all, you can. TSN is picking up select draws for the 2021 European Championship. They're not producing it. They're picking up the world feed. But it's a step forward because they didn't used to do that. So that's a, a big win, I think, for all of us curling fans here in Canada to be able to watch the Euros on television, not have to search for streams online. So that'll be a lot of fun. Just check it out, tsn.ca slash curling. They have the full schedule there, including they're going to show all of the playoff games there. So that, that should be a lot of fun. And it's great to have access to that, given the time difference, too, between where they're playing in Europe and Saskatoon, it's easy enough for TSN to fit everything into the schedule. So that will be a lot of fun for us here in Canada to have access to all that. And Ryan mentioned to me after we stopped recording that in the U.S., NBC, either Sports Network or the Olympic Network, is also picking up some of the draws of the Euros as well. So if you're in the U.S., you can watch through the NBC family of sports channels. Uh, So certainly... Look that up. Uh, We're all very excited that coverage of these events is increasing. Certainly, I'm sure it matters that it's an Olympic year, but hopefully it becomes a more common occurrence to have the Euros available to us here in North America. So that will do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have not yet, do check out Scott and I's Canadian Olympic Curling Trials Preview. We do a detailed look at all of the teams that are in Saskatoon. Check that one out here on the feed. We had a lot of fun putting that one together. We initially thought we could have the Bad Beer Bet and the Trials Preview in one episode, but uh, clearly... That wasn't going to work, just given the length of this one and uh, and end of the trials preview as well. So we thought it'd be best to split it into two episodes. So do check out the full preview here on the feed. Or, of course, you can head over to GameofStonesPod.com. All the past episodes are there, plus a link to the merch with all of the proceeds going to the Sandra Schmirler Foundation and Food Banks Canada. Plus, we are matching, continuing to do that as we head towards the end of the year. If you are interested, check out the merch tab and uh, hopefully you find something good. I've been wearing the toque. Oh, now that it's chilly here in the nation's capital, it's a 3M branded toque. Like that, that's the make of it. One of those thin slate ones. I'm very much enjoying it so far. I'm curious to see how it does in the wind. It hasn't been quite windy yet, but so far I, I'm very, very impressed with the toque, and of course, I love the hoodie. I was wearing the hoodie while I was talking to Ryan, and uh, we didn't have cameras going. I just put on the hoodie because I like the hoodie <laughs> that much. Uh, so do check out all the merch over there and follow along on social media at Game of Stones Pod. And of course, if you want to let us know what you want to hear on the show or just reach out with any other questions or comments, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. So that's it for this episode. Enjoy the curling. 
We will be along every day of the Canadian Olympic curling trials around 6 o'clock Eastern time here in Canada doing the broom stacking, same as we did for the bubble, every day after the afternoon draw once TSN goes off the air, which should be around 6 o'clock Eastern time. And we'll send out the links for that each day. So join us for that. It, this is going to be a lot of fun, one of the best events on the curling Canada should be a blast and we hope to have you along for the ride with us so with that enjoy the games everybody and of course keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern make the final